0: Hi, friends. I just wanted to take a minute before the show starts to say thank you to everyone at the Holy Family Retreat Center in West Hartford, Connecticut. I recently had the opportunity to spend a weekend there and I was absolutely blown away. Their attention to every detail of my retreat experience makes me believe that Holy Family Retreat Center should be a destination retreat for you. This is not a paid endorsement, but a sincere thank you to Father David, Father Terry, and the entire staff. To find out more about Holy Family Retreat Center, visit their website at HolyFamilyRetreat.org. This is a Spirit of Truth Radio Arts original program in partnership with Salt and Light Catholic Radio. As I plan my 10 parish parish mission, I wanted to find out from the best what makes a great talk and what makes a great mission. Joining me along the way to kick off Season 9 is the founder of the Catholic Speakers Organization, Joe Condon. In this episode, Joe and I discuss some of the things that have stood out to him in his 18 years of experience in dealing with the best Catholic speakers in the world. Joe, welcome. Thank you. Joe Condon, you are the founder of the Catholic Speakers Organization, which, and if you could just answer this question, is this the largest speakers bureau, Catholic Speakers Bureau in the world?
1: It is the largest Catholic focused speakers agency in the world, yes, it is
0: wow why why did you start this this organization?
1: well, you know i I jokingly say, David that uh, god God works through fools, so you know I was just lucky enough to be chosen <laughs> <laughs> and uh, i um I actually started this organization two reasons: the first reason and foremost reason was. My middle sister, I'm one of six kids from a Catholic family, grew up in Cincinnati, Ohio. My middle sister, Christina, started speaking to high schoolers as a high schooler. If you can imagine that. You remember high school, how terrifying that was? Yeah. And she courageously stepped out and started speaking to her peers about Christ and living a life filled filled with Christ, living a Mm -hmm. life devoted to Christ. And I was uh, just out of college at the time, and I was living in another city. And I heard what was going on with her, and I called her. I said, "Christina, I hear what's going on, and you're you're filling gymnasiums. I mean, she literally filling gymnasiums with daughters and mothers coming to hear her message." Wow. And we just started talking, and she's just so sweet and meek and and humble. And I and out of curiosity, I said, well, "How much are they paying you to do this?" She's like, "I don't know, a hundred bucks. I I don't know." <laughs> <laughs> so I instantly in that moment I thought. Oh, boy, Um, that's a little lopsided, and I wonder if there's more Christina's out there. Well, lo and behold, we're about almost to 450 of them, you know, uh, as I sit here and talk to you today, and those are people that are like Christina, that do it full time or or just go out on this to do as a ministry, uh, Mm -hmm. movie stars, pro athletes, we can get into all that. But that was the first thing that kind of sparked my interest to start. What before CatholicSpeakers.com was done in an archaic, chaotic, legacy way. There was nothing prior to what was at the then called CMG Booking, and I can get into why we merged and becoming the Catholic Speakers organization. Yeah. But when I started it, we were first known as CMG Booking, um, and that catapulted the Catholic Speakers of around 2015, 2016. But my sister was the first thing. And then, if, and I started it in 2006. So prior to us, there was nothing. There was no platform online. It was all done by word of mouth. It was Joe Condit calling Dave, you know, down the hall, Dave, hey, Dave, Mm -hmm. you have a speaker last year? Were they any good? Nothing. It was all word of mouth and talking. So that was the first thing that sparked it. The second thing that sparked it, if you remember, Dave, back in 2006, what started changing culture? Reality TV. Oh, yeah. Reality yeah. TV just came on the scene and literally, still to this day, has changed TV forever. And the family of the Kardashians, who we yeah. all know, God yeah. bless them. Um, I need more prayers than anybody. But you know, the message out of Hollywood just was, you know, it was it was not exactly Christ-like. Right. Make a million bucks, buy a Ferrari, date around, life will be great. So I thought to myself, there's got to be celebrities that would go speak about God. And lo and behold, mm-hmm. I, by the grace of God and that thought, we, we were we were dead on. So that's what sparked the agency. And um, I started one speaker at a time with my sister. And then the next person was a guy by the name of Tarek Saab. He was on Donald Trump's The Apprentice back then and made it unabashedly clear on reality TV that he was a Catholic guy.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, it just snowballed from there. And then, uh, you know, starting with those and calling each speaker one one at a time. And then, you know, today I sit here before you humbly and by the grace of God, we're approaching 450 speakers, diocesan approved Catholics, main, most of them um, that we, we are, you know, proud to represent and help them get their message out into the world and disciple.
0: Well, I am one of those. I Full disclosure, I am one of the speakers on the, on the website, and I am uh, truly honored to be a part of this organization. You're kind of an entrepreneur, entrepreneurial kind of guy. You've you've done some other businesses. How much did your business sense? How much was that used in in the formation of this?
1: It was very helpful. You know, of course, yeah. people. I've been challenged in the past about you know the the entrepreneurial part of it, and I tell folks, you know, I I, I originally started this thing as a ministry. It was never mm-hmm. meant for me to make money or pay the bills. It was something I did my pathetic way to try and make the world a better place, yep. you know? And I, I thought who, who better, who better to do it then with all the, the best influencers that are Catholics in the world, you know, which we've collected them all to one website, really. Yeah. Um, and it, it's been 18 years, David, it's been 18 years of hard blood, sweat and tears of, of creating this platform. Uh, and the business that I learned, the business sense, the, my experiences that I've learned in the secular world, came in very handy um, with building this 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 organization known as the Catholic Speakers Organization. And I'm, it's kind of interesting you've asked that because as you, as I'm thinking, I've never I've never actually disclosed this on a podcast or a radio station before. But I, you've asked a really good question. And interestingly enough, David, this speakers agency is just a copycat of my first .dot com I was involved in which was an off-campus housing website where we collected all the off-campus housing on any given campus in the country and allowed Mm -hmm. parents and students to have a transparent place to book and rent housing. So Hmm. I literally just substituted the housing with Catholic speakers. And that's really what helped train me uh, to, you know, make this platform so effective at such a quick amount of time.
0: Well, in my opinion, I think it has to be run as a business or else it's it's not going to be sustainable.
1: No, absolutely. I, mm-hmm. I agree with you 110%. And I tell you what I've learned too, You know, Catholics have an unhealthy relationship with money. Like making money is a bad thing. The reason it's been sustainable – and we've had a lot of copycats try and come along the way. And they've actually I, – I, I do everything I can to keep them out because they destroy what we've built. They overpromise, underdeliver. under They mm-hmm. – they just destroy the industry, which has a bad name in and of itself. You know, one thing I always have been battling for 18 years, and I tell people, we are not a Hollywood agency. In fact, you actually make money working with us. <laughs> you know, we don't mm-hmm. charge any money on top. Speakers make their own fees. But we have a nonprofit arm of our business called Spread the Faith Catholic, where we literally donate thousands of dollars to events all over the all over the country.
0: Wow, well, that's great. So they
1: call us. They can't afford the speaker. We help, we pitch in, we give them a thousand or we pay for the flight or we pay, but they would not be able to get that otherwise. And mm-hmm. I've been telling parishes and events this for 18 years, and I just can't shout it loud enough. We are the best partner in the world when it comes to putting on an event, because not only are we going to help you get a diocesan approved perfect speaker, but we're going to help you financially as well. It's the exact opposite of what you find in Hollywood.
0: Sure. You know. Yeah, that's great. So how do you do it? How do you go about, you know, working with these these different speakers and and uh, organizers? You know, what's your what's actually what is your role? My
1: role now is a CEO and uh, chairman and CEO, so I just oversee the day to day operations that are actually run by my staff. I've I've done a great job of hiring really talented people. Um, You know, I always wanted to be a basketball coach, full disclosure, David, and that never Mm -hmm. happened. I've never coached so much as a kid's team, but (laughs) I noticed that life is a lot like basketball and being a head coach. All you're doing is trying to recruit the best players. We've done that on the speaker side, and I've done that on the talent side of the people that have helped me build this organization. My role now today for day in and day out is strategic partnerships, helping my, you know, my managers reach Mm -hmm. their goals. And those, those goals are very simple reaching as many events as we can to book our speakers for them our mission <laughs> statement is promoting the word of god through those that do it best our speakers and there's no higher calling for a layperson than to evangelize the word of god which the bible calls us to do right
0: Absolutely. so i thought
1: well i'm gonna just use my talents and i'm gonna go get the best of the best and help them promote the word of god in turn promoting it myself and so Today, we, uh, you know, back in the day when I started, it was me literally knocking on doors and making cold calls and telling people what I was doing. A lot of the times it was welcomed, you know, welcomed tremendously with open arms. Other times it took a little bit. But building the reputation we've had and the people we represent, you cannot do overnight. It's like trying to build a Facebook. I mean it's taken Mm -hmm. me 18 years to get where we are and build the credibility and the rapport and – you know, the, the fine tuning of our services and, you know, representing and working with guys like you. You know, it's just, it's an amazing, amazing reward. Just the, the fulfillment that we get from being able to do stuff like that. But now it's pretty awesome. We, we got, uh, speakers like you and personalities, uh, whether they're athletes, movie stars, professionals, radio personalities, podcasters like yourself that just will send us people and say hey you need to look into this guy or this gal they're amazing i saw them at this conference and now it's just like shooting fish in a barrel when it comes to finding really good speakers because it's not us just trying to go knock on doors anymore now the talent's coming to us and it's something that's happened i i whether i intended it or not it doesn't matter It's just happened becoming Mm -hmm. part of the catholic speakers organization has now become kind of an accolade it's become part of a uh you know, almost like I've arrived in my industry, whatever that mm-hmm. is. It's, if I'm part of the Catholic Speakers Organization, that person is at the top of their game. You know.
0: Hmm. But when you started this, though, you had to have come across some uh, rejection. How did you deal with those those rejections when you were like early on in your build building the process?
1: Well, I I just kept going. I, you know, there was something just in my heart, just like any entrepreneur, you just believe in yourself. If you don't believe in yourself or believe in the business you're trying to start, no one's going to believe in it. It it Mm -hmm. depends on you at that point. If you're not, you know, completely all in, it's not going to work. And it it took a lot of prayer and a lot of trust in God and a lot of asking of him. Um, But I truly believe when you have your heart in the right place, that's how God you know, moves you to where he wants you to be and and to, to, you know, perform his will, which is a very tough thing to do, you know, mm-hmm. to go against our own selfish wants and our own selfish ways mm-hmm. and to really ask God for his will. I think one of the saints said that's one of the most courageous things a man can do in his lifetime is seek God's will. So when I used to get rid re- I did, I got rejected a bunch. Um, in fact, a lot of, not a lot, some of our speakers that are with us today rejected me in, initially. You know. So mm-hmm. we hung in there and we just built the platform that we knew we could do. We knew that the world needed, most importantly, a streamlined place where you could go look at 400 plus speakers at the click of a mouse, download their letters of good standing, their W9s, all the pain points for an event organizer. We have literally solved all of it on one place, one platform. And Mm. you know to think of all the souls that are moved hearing the speakers we book, guys like you, David, that go out and preach outside your podcast, it's just it's an overwhelming feeling. But rejection is part of everything in life, and in fact, it makes you it makes you better, it makes you stronger. And there is nothing in my life that I've ever started that has gone the way I planned. You have to plan for the failure, and when you plan for it to fail, not that you're planning to fail, but you plan for the failures. It's the people that overcome those initial challenges and failures that end up being the success story, and it separates the the wins from the losses you know
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so how did you do it? how did you what was your your game plan when you said look i'm gonna I, i'm gonna help my sister out i'm gonna do this Did you have a vision of what this was gonna look like or did it just sort of you know follow its own path and and it is what it is?
1: You know, I, I the, my vision was that I recognized after getting into it with my sister and some of the other initial speakers, um, I knew that the world needed it because it didn't exist before. Mm-hmm. Like I said, there was nothing; it was all done by word of mouth and phone calls and 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 personal suggestions. Yep. So, going through that process, I I really just had this. Uh, this, this internal motivation to to bring what I found in my sister to other people, whether they put on events or they were speakers.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I'll tell you the moment that that was the tipping point. I don't know if you ever read the book, The Tipping Point. But the tipping point for us was, you know, and God bless him. Um, I hope he makes a huge comeback. I was the only person to convince uh, to work with Father John Karapi outside his internal team. Mm-hmm. And we started working with him in a way. And Father John Carapi, for your listeners that don't know, he was kind of the Joel Stein. Ah, that's a bad analogy, but you know the, yeah, the Billy Graham, <laughs> the Billy Graham of the Catholic world. You know, so mm-hmm. everybody knows Joel Stein. I say that only for name recognition, not speaking style or his message by any means. No, Father Carapi had name. his own style. <laughs> yeah, he. But he was the. Uh, what I say by that is he his name recognition in the Catholic world was tremendous. You know, he had his own show on EWTN, et cetera, et cetera. So when we started working with him, I remember that's when our credibility started shifting, and I had to work very mm-hmm. hard to get to that point. And it was one person, and then the next, and the next, and then we started bringing on, you know, uh, radio personalities, uh, business entrepreneurs, pro athletes, um, and then we started getting into movie stars. You know, they, they were kind of the last edition of the influencers, let's call it. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of how it snowballed. But that would be i i distinctly remember when we had the opportunity to work with him in the way we did that really changed everything for what was the first platform for catholic speakers and catholic event organizers
0: so so that's actually how you grew it, it was you had some sort of a, a game plan of getting into you know getting these different influencers together kind of like honestly like scientology has gone after a lot of movie stars to to promote scientology and it's it's worked out well for them would you say it's worked out well for you
1: yeah yeah when you get uh it's it's a healthy mix right but yes you need it's just like when we put on our events like the the national men's conference that we now run you got to have the 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 light the bugs to go to the lights you got to have the shining star but mm-hmm. in a lot of cases the shining stars do their part they draw the people but really it's the other people on the ticket uh, on the event uh yep. speaker list That the message that you want them to hear, you know, the the pleasant surprises. So, yeah, it was going after the influencers as fast as we could and helping them, getting them to understand what we were doing that, you know, like I said, there was nothing like us prior, nothing like it existed. And convincing them to hop on board and work with us and helping their ministry in turn, you know, they were we were helping them just as much as they were helping us. And together, working toward that one mission, evangelizing the Word of God, it it worked out very well. And, you know, the results of it, you can go to catholicspeakers.com right now and just browse through the list and see the array and the vast array of people from all walks of life that go out every day to influence the world for Christ. It's just a very humbling and overwhelmingly uh, exciting thing for us to be a part of.
0: Well, it's, that's exactly the reason why I knew that I wanted to be a part of catholicspeakers.org because the amount of people that are there and the quality of people that are there, I mean, guys like, you know, Bear Wozniak, Jim kaviesel you know, the list goes on and on. And it's it's a, it's an amazing organization. Joe, tell me to you, what makes a good speaker?
1: You know, that is such a great question. I love that question, David, because... What's a great speaker to one person is not a great speaker to another person. All right. So mm-hmm. let's take the the Rhino, Scott Hahn. Mm-hmm. Scott Hahn is an incredibly gifted man. Nobody yep. can deny that. But when you're talking about Gen Z, Scott may not appeal to a certain younger person as well as he appeals to uh the what I call the EWTN crowd. You're fifty plus. Now that doesn't mean that Scott's not, and I pick on Scott Hahn because he's like he's he's everybody he's kind of as when I started doing this, he was, you know, he is the guy. I mean, he is such a revered, respected man in the Catholic world, and his story is incredible. Mm-hmm. And, and as a Catholics, we all know that. But Scott, Scott may not appeal as well to uh, someone like I said is the next speaker to. So you you talk about a pro athlete. And their their speaking style, which would be completely different than Scott Hans, their approach, their message, which would be completely different. Scott's an apologist where a pro athlete just talking about maybe their experiences right, but to a person that might find a lot in Scott, they may not find as much in that pro, uh professional athlete, and vice versa, mm-hmm. right There might be somebody sitting in that same audience that pulls way more from the professional athlete than Scott Hahn. So when it comes to a, a speaker, I'm going to answer this in two ways. One is if you're putting together an event and you can have the opportunity of multiple speakers. You want to have a Scott Hahn next to a pro athlete, next to a bishop or a priest. You cover mm-hmm. all your bases there, right? But mm-hmm. to me, a speaker, a good speaker, let's just say it's you have one shot. You can only book one speaker. To me, a good speaker is someone that really knows and is passionate about their message and really understands what they're doing at that event.
0: Mm-hmm. I see
1: a lot of professional speakers make the mistake of showing up and giving their canned talk yep. without ever really truly diving into why is this person showing up to hear me at this particular time in this particular city? Yep. So any, you know, And also there's a lot of God-given talents that come along with speaking. Now I'm going to pick on my professional athletes now. Some of the athletes aren't the best speakers in the world. People just show up because they're who they are. You know, some of my pro some of my uh movie stars that we re they're they're not the best speaker, but people show up because of who they are and they still mm-hmm. get a lot out of it. But when a speaker really leans into their God-given talent, whether that be their personal story that nobody else has, whether that be their articulation, whether mm-hmm. that be their their you know, their mind that God blessed them with, like back to Scott Hahn, the guy's got an incredible mind.
0: Yes, when he they does. really
1: lean into that and plus identify what makes them unique. That's what really motivates audiences because you can't get that anywhere else, right? Like mm-hmm. David's story, your story, this podcast, you're doing this and everything else that you've been through in your life. That's your story that no one will ever be to truly copy, you know? Um, so, you know, a mix of knowledge, motivation, and personal experience. I think those all make the ingredients to a really powerful speaker.
0: Do you have any kind of development, uh, talk development type of uh, things going on with within the the organization?
1: I love that you asked that. We're actually putting that in place for this year. We finally arrived. We're actually putting together a master class. We're partnering with several really professional. Uh, they've been doing it for decades to help speakers take their speaking ability and their ministry to the next level. So I'm so glad you you asked about that. I I encourage all your listeners right now, go to CatholicSpeakers.com and sign up on our website because we're going to be announcing in a big way, which unfortunately at this point I'm not at liberty to say, but we're going to be announcing huge partnerships with big, big big-name people and big-name professionals to help in that exact arena that you just asked, helping speakers take wherever they're at to the next level.
0: Joe, what do you think is a good length for a talk?
1: I personally, it depends on what generation. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: If you're talking about Gen Z, ah, about three seconds. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> but
0: that's why it is a good
1: length for a talk. You can't go wrong with a half hour's talk. You know, forty minutes max. Yeah, a half hour. Um, you know, I I think that um, I think that the shorter and the more compact you can make it, the better. Yep. But for if I had to say, if you said, you just asked me the question, what do I think is good length? I gave you a kind of a scenario. Let me, if I had to say, Joe, you have to give us exact, I'd say 30 minutes. I think if you can, you can do a 30 minutes plus get the crowd involved do a 10 minute Q and a, make it 40 minutes total. You cannot go wrong with that.
0: That's a, I, I couldn't agree with you more. That's a, that's an outstanding format. Um, the reason I say that is I've, I've, I've sat and witnessed talks just basically hit the wall at, at, at forty minutes, and I've watched the uh, the speakers starting to repeat themselves for the next twenty minutes to fill the hour that they were hired to 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 speak about.
1: Right. So right. I've seen that,
0: but um, there are very very few, very few guys that can. You're talking about maybe a Scott Hahn, a Father Larry Richards. Um, these guys they can h- handle an hour long. They can they have enough material. They can do it, but I just—I have not seen too many other people. And this is nothing against them. It's—it's just the way things are. No, you're dead on. They hit the wall at 40 minutes. You're dead on.
1: You know, and 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 there's a few speakers like Scott Hahn. What was the say on Scott? You know, not to pick on him, but hey, he's he's like Michael Jordan. You know, the the number one. You're gonna be you're gonna be criticized, and you're gonna be praised. I praise I praise guys like Scott. Now everybody that has reached the level that the guys, those guys have is just, it's incredible. And I tell folks, I see them off stage. You see them on stage, right? Mm-hmm. So I just see what these guys go through. It's incredible. They're, they're living saints, but few people have the mind and the knowledge and the capability that a Scott Hahn has. Scott can captivate an audience for 45 minutes. I've seen it over and over again. You know, mm-hmm. he can, he can tell his stories, his conversion stories. He's got all that knowledge in his head but that's what god blessed him with there's a lot mm-hmm. of speakers you know past 30 40 minutes like you said they start struggling so i again i think that's why 30 minutes is the is the sweet spot for any speaker with any audience
0: you know a lot of uh a lot of these these directors of, of conferences will ask you do you have a youtube video and and do you think that youtube videos are, are, are a help or a hindrance to it's
1: it, it's everything now David, I don't mean it's everything. I cannot stress how important videos are. We actually produce them for our speakers. Several speakers uh, we've already made it for. Their inquiries have gone up 30% because Mm -hmm. we survey 18 years of doing this. Me and my staff have surveyed all the organizers constantly. We ask, what are you looking for in your next speaker? How do you decide what your speaker is? And every time we take that data, And we formulate it into how we write their profiles on our website, and we Mm -hmm. also take it and we make videos. That's how we tell them to make their videos. And videos are everything. And think about it. Event organizers are normally people that have a committee breathing down their neck. Their job might depend on it. They have donors. They're not going to take a crapshoot on something. They're not going to go gamble. Mm -hmm. They need to see the person live. They need to see the person in action they need to see what kind of speaker they are if they're not a household name so yep. i tell speaker it is it, back when i started this organization in 2006 i would i used to say it's icing on the cake if you can have a video now i tell them it's everything mm-hmm. because the baby boomers are retiring they're being replaced by young millennials in some cases gen z's and that is the world of instagram these kids have grown up watching videos having the best content you can have the at the, at your fingertips
0: yeah. that is
1: not changing that's not going anywhere and no one's going to take a chance on a speaker that they can at least see in action you know at, before they go and book them uh, mm-hmm. at least that's the way the pendulum's swinging
0: well I, I i've kind of always wanted to just kind of pat myself on the back that i wasn't going to be that cookie cutter speaker i was i wanted to be the guy that would work with directly with the uh the organizers and write a talk that was specifically for them. But I'm starting to begin to see that, you know, that's not the way, like you're saying, that's not the way things are going. people need to see uh, some sort of a, a sample they need to get. So I, I understand that. But how much do you stick to your script from place to place? Because I witnessed one talk that was given and I had seen the gentleman's and he's not part of Catholic speakers, uh, at all. I S I watched his video and it was word for word, the same, including his sort of, you know, warming up the audience. It was the same, same exact wording. And, and it just came across a little disingenuous. How do you think that people can really make a talk specific to make a can talk specific to an organ, uh, place where they're speaking
1: that's a great question and quite frankly i just went through this it's funny you're asking my mind is just racing i just went through this with several of our speakers who i've actually gotten into the to the point now where i'm helping them ghost right mm-hmm. and the it's very simple actually i mean they you got to keep the canned speech because that's what it works and that's what they're great at but there's sections in the speech where you can customize it to that exact organization and it's mm-hmm. simple questions hey, what's going on in your organization? What can the speaker highlight? What do you guys want the people that have spent money and time sitting in that seat coming to your event, what do you want them to know? And then you also (laughs) look at the hot topics surrounding the topic that the speaker is supposed to be talking about. So you look locally there, you look in their state. So there are so many ways to customize a talk that seems customized to that audience but really takes minimal effort on the uh, you know for the speaker to customize it to where it still is natural for them yet they still need to get their their uh rehearsed and you know the the material they have down you can't negate you got to play the hits right you go see your favorite band and they don't play their hits you're upset the speaker needs to play their hits but there is also uh songs that they can add into it You know, I'm using analogy is is music right now, Mm -hmm. but they can also add that, which is which is the customized version of that same talk. If the talk Mm -hmm. wasn't customized if the talk, then, you know, David, you and I both know then they just didn't take time to talk to the event organizer and or the the audience or I'm sorry, the event organizer and or understand what that organization was about. So they could just simply say a couple of things. And event organizers love that when that speaker that they've invested money in comes and touts accolades touts the accomplishments accomplishments they had that year all of those yep. types of things so it's it is it's a lot easier than what a lot of speakers think you know uh when it comes to making your talk seem genuine and customized per audience
0: yeah. you brought a great word because i felt as though that that talk was very disingenuous because it it, it was what do you say this to all the boys it was, i i kind of felt like that after that so yeah that's a great point Earlier, you mentioned a national uh, men's conference. Tell me a little bit about that.
1: So, yeah, that was an inspiration from uh, from the, the the agency. I was in with my board one, one year, and I thought, you know, we have the cell phones of the greatest Catholic influencers, in my opinion, in the world. Mm-hmm. What else can we do with this platform God bless us with, you know? And it's a really interesting history. My hometown of Cincinnati, where I grew up, did you know the very first Catholic men's conference ever put on the United States was in Cincinnati? Did you know that?
0: No, I did not.
1: 1994. And you can read all this history on nationalmensconference.com. In 1994, five guys got together, one of which is still one of my mentors. And they thought, we need to talk about fellowship and bringing men together. Well, how can we do that? Well, what if we got a motivational speaker of some sort that's Catholic and brought men to come see him? And then from there, we could spawn off and start men's groups. That literally happened in Cincinnati, Ohio in 1994. Every men's conference, women's conference, any Catholic conference of its kind has Cincinnati to thank. I remember being in grade school and going downtown to what was then called the U.S. Bank Arena seeing 15,000 guys from all over the country fly in to see Mike Dicka speak that year. He was the headline speaker. And I was a great Catholic. Uh, Mike Dicka, I guess he is. Yeah. I I, I always assumed he was, but he was the speaker that year. I I think he is. I think he's a pretty, pretty hardcore Catholic.
0: He's Um, a pretty hardcore player too. Yeah, he
1: was. He (laughs) was um, uh, an incredible talk. I'll never forget it. Little did I know. So, that later on I would take it over. But what happened was in 2011, the event just stopped. The men that started it got, probably just got too old. Finances definitely became an issue because things just kept getting more and more expensive to put it on. And the team just kind of, the succession plan wasn't there. Mm In 2018, I marched into my archbishop's office, got his blessing and revived what was then called the Cincinnati Men's Conference. And we now rebranded it to the National Men's Conference because we've, We've successfully made it the Super Bowl of Catholic men's conferences, not just for Catholics. Anybody can come. We actually had 10% of the audience click other this year at the event. You can see all our past lineups. 2022, we had uh, Jim Caviezel, Raymond DeRoya, and David B. Wright. All three of them never spoke before together. That was the first. That was an unbelievable day. Uh, wow. Men have gone – men actually still to this day say that was the best men's conference they've ever been to, and some of these men have gone to the, every single one since 1994. And then this year in March, we had Jonathan Rumi from The Chosen as our headliner, along with mm-hmm. the Archduke of Austria, um, Arch Archduke Christian uh, Habsburg, who uh, did his first talk ever in the United States at a wow. young age, I think, 64. So the <laughs> the event itself is just just – you know, spewing with grace uh, of anybody that attends it and comes to it. And we've really built something. We've built a place where men can fellowship. Men that put on these men's conferences all over the country, they're now using it as a one time a year to come and meet other men that are putting on events and share best practices. And by the way, they can actually enjoy the event because all of us that put them on know you normally don't hear one word of the talks. You're running around putting out <laughs> fires. you know so it's just been an incredible blessing and i'm so happy that the good lord you know put it on our hearts to revive it and um you know we're kind of like i said we've we've branded and become the now the national men's conference you can go see it at nationalmensconference.com in fact there's some heartwarming videos on there we surprised a grade school with jonathan Rumi. it was really incredible make sure you go watch that david send it to your wife it's um, and, 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 it gives the entire background of the men's conference there on that homepage video, the video, there's a video on there that talks about the men's conference, specifically the mission of it, what we're trying to do. And it's, you know, this is just one of the hundred things that have spawned from the Catholic speakers organization from this, that simple idea of helping, you know, motivational speakers in the name of Christ. Mm. So thanks for asking about that. I get so excited to talk about it because, oh, and the stories that have come from it, David, it would be a whole nother episode the miracle. Sure. I mean, we literally, literally have saved a baby. You know, we've had conversion stories, men that haven't gone to confession in 20 years. It it's, it goes on and on and on and on.
0: You said just a second ago, you, you had talked about how you don't get to always hear the talks, but is there a talk that you've heard that really specifically touched your heart that really changed you?
1: With, is this question at the event itself that I put on, or just a talk in general over the last 18 just, years of doing this?
0: Just a talk in general. Is there one that stands out to you, and and what was it about that talk?
1: You know what? I let me. I'd have let me think about that quickly. And there's going to be a bunch that I could answer on that, but I would have to say in the last five years, the talk that stood out to me the most um, was the 2022 year, and it would be a toss up. Between the three guys that spoke that day, Raymond DeRoya, Jim Kaviesel, and David B. Wright, and if I had to take home, gosh, it would be a close first and second between David B. Wright and Jim Kaviesel, and David's story. And, and I and I'm just in my mind, <laughs> you're talking to a guy that's booked for 18 years speeches, so <laughs> I've had to yeah. really go. The my database is an overload right now but you mm-hmm. just listen to me go through process of elimination and I'd have to go with David B. Right. I, I think wow. the, the man just has, an, if you've never seen him live mm-hmm. as a speaker. Now, Jim Caviezel is one of the most brilliant actors ever to live. Yeah. That's he his great actor. David B. Wright Is one of the most brilliant motivational speakers I have ever witnessed. Mm-hmm. I, I I just, his message that day about his story of pro-life, and what he's overcome personally um, against abortion and the stories he shared of people that have overcome abortion mm-hmm. and his, his motivation that day to telling us never give up, never give up. It's going to happen. We're, we're going to win this fight, along with his story of starting what is today still the largest pro-life movement ever, which is 40 Days for Life.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: this is a man with a passion an entrepreneur that had a passion for something and started a spark that just grew into a, a crazy wave um i would have i would have to get the personal joe condit award today <laughs> you asked <asking, laughs> would have to be it would, it would go to david b Wright and, nice. his, and his story and how much that moved me
0: yeah wow that's i mean for all the, the talks that you've heard throughout the years i mean if you'd be able to say, yeah, it was that one, that's it's got to be special. I am going to check that out. Joe, where where do you see the Catholic Speakers organization going in the next 10 years?
1: Oh, I love that. I can't disclose it. I know where it's going. And we're going to a lot of online um, focus.
0: Mm-hmm. We're
1: going to continue to bring the the event space and the event experience to the world via our website. Uh, We are always going to be the leader in in in-person events. You know, we've I think I saw a crazy statistic the other day. We've 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 reached over based on just strictly based on the audience attendance that it's because every time somebody books a speaker with us, they put how many people are in attendance. Right. It was over 50 million people in 18 years that our speakers have reached. It's just something crazy. We also this year, because, you know, I'm talking to you right now on December 27th, 2023, we're at the end of the year. And by the way, God bless you and thank you. What an honor to kick off your next season, I think. I might be one of your earlier episodes.
0: You are are the first episode of season nine. I should have brought that up. But, yeah, thank you so much for, for saying yes to doing this.
1: Oh, this is great. I love what you're doing. I love our speakers. We support you guys any way we can but we are we are going to continue to lead the world in getting speakers out there one of which uh, we've recently started a scholarship financial aid fund which i'm so excited people to if you're listening to this right now google spread the faith catholic that is the google you need to make click on the website spread the faith catholic we are literally people from all over the world right now david are giving $1 a month $10 a month $50 some people do 1000 a month it depends on what you know what you do that money goes into an account and a hundred percent of it goes to paying for our speakers to go speak at events, parishes, churches, communities that can't afford them. I That's can't great. believe no one's ever done this before. I, I feel That's like fantastic. I
0: invented
1: the fork. I literally feel like I invented the fork. <laughs> it's such a <laughs> simple concept, yet it has been lacking. And it's a response to 18 years of me listening to the same thing. Nobody ever has any money. My speakers are constantly giving, 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 not getting paid their just wage, not getting paid, which they gladly do. And then my event organizers' budgets keep getting slash, 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 slash. So, Catholic Speakers Organization is solving that problem this very second. And we've trademarked the name Evangelator. So, you can become an Evangelator at $1 a month. And at the end of every year, this fiscal year, which our letters are actually going out this week. As an evangel leader of Spread the Faith Catholic, David, you ready for this? Mm -hmm. You get a letter that tells you exactly the speaker you supported, exactly the amount of events you supported. But here's where it gets even crazier. You get – because we have all this data information. I've had 18 years of the craziest data. I can tell you anything about Catholic – in the Catholic speaking world. (laughs) The third thing you get in that donor letter is how many souls attended and was in the audience at those events. When was the last time you could put an exact quantitative value on your donation?
0: No, that's, that's amazing. That's very, very thoughtful.
1: It's very incredible. Thoughtful. It's incredible. And it's just, it's so awesome because 100% of it right now goes toward this cause. You know, 100% of the donation goes toward paying for a speaker to go speak somewhere. So you know, we, we feel like Santa Claus. It's so mm-hmm. much fun. We we help these organizations now. Of course, there's a lot of things we have to, you know, a lot of t- things we have to do do before we give money out, according to the IRS and the articles and the policies we have to follow. But anybody that applies for it, we usually end up helping them in some way, and it's just it's incredible. And the only way to apply for it, it's very simple. You go to our website and send us a message and say, hey, this is our budget. We've always wanted this speaker. Or we're having trouble. Can you help us? And that's how the conversation starts.
0: It's amazing. Joe, I'm going to put you on the spot for a minute. I'm planning a 10 parish parish mission here in the state of Connecticut. Would Catholic speakers organization be interested in uh, supporting that? And yes. and what I mean?
1: Yes. You there would. you go. I don't know how much I if you're in financial. When you say support, are you talking about marketing? Or are you talking about finances? Mar- the the I mean, ultimate answer to that, my friend is yes.
0: Okay. We will be in touch after.
1: Uh, and we are and we are an incredible partner with that. And this is for all your other event organizers here. Not only do we help you financially, not only do we help you book the perfect diocesan-approved speaker, which we've vetted all of them, so they're already diocesan-approved, and you mm-hmm. can download their letter of good standing from their catholicspeakers.com profile, we also have thousands, tens of thousands in most cases, of emails in your city. Because we've booked a speaker for every archdiocese 10 times over over the last 18 years. So we can help market it as well to the exact audience you're looking for.
0: Wow. Well, I think I got, you know, a new partner in, in in putting this whole thing together along with Deacon Dave who works so hard to do these things. Joe, is there anything I'm missing as far as knowing about what, what Catholic? Oh, I, I am missing something. You guys not only do such great work with speakers, but also music, musicians as well. If somebody's looking for musicians, bands for their their conferences, their, their parish missions, you guys also do that too.
1: We do. And, you know, it's interesting. That's one of our personal message, missions in the organization is to help get more musicians out there. When I first started this, musicians, that, that's not a Catholic thing. And I can tell you that from data. It's just the musicians have a much different challenge. I mean, when you're, let's go back to our buddy Scott Hahn, right? If you're going to mm-hmm. book Scott Hahn, there's only one Scott Hahn. And if you have a very limited budget, you're booking Scott Hahn, and then you're going to supplement, oh, we don't have any money for a band now. Okay, well, just get Susie or Billy down the street. They got a good voice. Yeah. You can supplement music. You can't supplement Scott Hahn. Well, what's happening now is we're representing these bands that are showing that the music actually is equally as, as valuable to uh, you know putting on a wonderful event. Um, for instance, we have a a band we represent called the Vigil Project. If you don't know who they are, go to catholicspeakers.com, just type in the search bar of the Vigil Project. This collection of musicians are changing the world. They are they are elevating the prayer experience and the motivational Catholic Christian message like I've never seen before. They're showing that, Hey, yeah, there's speakers out there. You, you There's only one of them like my father, Mike Smith, Scott Hahn, uh, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Father Don Calloway, all these. Yes. You can only get one of them. There's only one of them on earth, but there's only one way to approach music and we're mm-hmm. doing it in a way that you can't duplicate either. And it has really changed our you know, motivation to be like, yes, we need to get musicians out there just as much as these speakers, because the speakers have dominated. If I had to show you the data, booking speakers has dominated. If I had to put who do people get booked more through our organization, speakers or musicians? Definitely speakers. But now mm-hmm. we're morphing over to the musician, what you know, because musician music has been more and traditionally a Protestant focus, whereas Catholics yes. are focused on the message, the the, the mass, et cetera. But really, the Catholics are catching up with that. I, I really see an upswing of really quality bands being formed. Uh, you know, of course, everybody knows the, the Matt Maher and and you know he's kind of like the he'd be the Scott Hahn of the of the uh, yes. the music world. But there, the Vigil Project, these up and coming b- musicians like them, they are going to start taking over the world and they're lighting the world on fire. And that's what we're about: helping these speakers and musicians light the world on fire for Christ.
0: Absolutely, man. It's 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 such a it's such an important part of the message because it's just there's something about it. Uh, I, I get I've been on a number of retreats, had some contemporary uh, Christian music bands, and it's 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 lifted my heart. And it's just amazing. So yeah. Jokana, is, is there anything else that I'm missing before we say goodbye?
1: I think we've covered so much. Um, you didn't. Thank you so much again for having me on. It's always such a pleasure to be on our own speakers podcast. And, uh, you know, we're, we are we pray for nothing but success for you, you and Deacon David and what you guys are doing. Thanks for creating this stuff. Hopefully if one soul hears this and is motivated to do something in a little bit for Christ, we've mm-hmm. succeeded, David. So God bless you. Thanks for having me on. Um, and for all your listeners, to learn more about everything we're doing, go to catholicspeakers.com. And you'll have everything at your fingertips on that website.
0: So, for my guest, Joe Condit, my producer, Deacon Dave M. Hoff, I'm down the hall, Dave, always praying that your troubles be less, your blessings be more, and nothing but happiness come through your door. We'll see you next time.